What's up? This is Brandon London, and you're listening to the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. You hear that? The Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. Let's go, Giants. Back, Giants fans, to the latest edition of the Big Blue Podcast. As always, in association with Andy's Man Club, it's okay to talk. Tonight, we are 75% British, 25% Irish, but as always, absolutely 100% Giants. Welcome to the off season. It's the first full house of the year as well. Welcome, welcome back, Kev. Um, as he joined me, Shane, and producer Craig to look back at our final game of the 2023 season against those Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, plus, later on, we'll be giving our initial reactions to all the coaching changes and everything else that happened on Black Monday yesterday. Um, so make sure you stay tuned for that, lads. The season is over. No more football until August. How are we doing? Yeah, not too bad. Um, got my coffee with my Big Blue UK and Ireland mug, which you can also get off our Etsy store in case you weren't previously aware. <laughs> Link can be found on our Twitter page. And also, I will apologise now, because if you see me doing random stuff like this and all this sort of stuff starts happening, your computer's not broke. I've discovered emojis on StreamYard, so it might be a bit of a chaotic, no, even more chaotic than normal episode. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Steve. I've moved back into the man cave now. Got some stuff set up, you know, sick and tired of uh, sitting in the kitchen there. So I put my finger out and finally sorted myself out. Just glad to be back on, you know, with the host with the most, Dan, you know, the stat man, uh, Shane, and of course, Craig Sirianni down there in the corner as well. Good to see you, boys. Do you know what? I've seen that gift so many times and I just had to do it because after we've beaten him, just have to get him. Got me mic on. Got me little hat like he had in that little clip from the playoffs last year. Just got to give it the hey, uh, hey baby. I mean, we might talk about it a little bit, but like, how good is it just beating him? He is one of the most annoying coaches in this league. He is. He and is. Like, I'm going to put this away. <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> but like, you know, it's one of the most frustrating, annoying coaches. Like, and he's uh, like. Get beat by them last year was so infuriating and losing at the beginning of the season just to put one on them just to let them limp and sort of like into the playoffs like wounded animals just what a fantastic way to end the season <laughs> yeah man <laughs> Shane don't like Shane. that Shane don't like that no I'm trying to find out where the fire giving up on my screen or some but I don't think Apple have added that yet <laughs> We'll, uh... I mean, uh, what? Yeah, what? What a way to end the season, like Kev said. Um, just to wipe that smug look off Nick Sirianni's face once was a pleasure, an absolute joy and a pleasure. And I mean, I started singing. Um, what is that? A hey, baby song, isn't it? They were playing on Sunday in the stadium. I mean, we made up a little song in our group chat, which we won't repeat the words to, but it's along the lines <laughs> of singing something about Nick Sirianni and how much of a Hey, 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 Chris Brunt, but not Brunt. There you go. <laughs> Brunt with Chris Brunt. That's the one. We used to have this thing at my old workplace where we'd call people a Tuesday. 
very absolute Tuesday. He's an absolute Tuesday. Beat around lyrics. If you if you want to hear the song, if you want to hear the song, let us know and we'll gladly sing it for you. It's uh, a very non PG though. Just just saying. If people, just if, if, if people want us to launch a Patreon, we'll get Shane to sing it. <laughs> yes. Luckily, yes. Me it, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. If you use um, you your text tone or your ringtone, I mean, talk to commission. Just say. <laughs> you mean we can't just type those in on the phone anymore? Oh no! Remember that typing in ringtones. Wow. The next Tuesday, yeah, like that, Steve. Um, but yeah, I mean, what a good, what a great end to the season. Um, someone here predicted it. You're welcome. Um, but we'll come on to that shortly. Uh, coming up also to round out this evening uh, as well, because when the season's over, we've got to have a bit of a laugh, right? Um, and we're going to review our bold predictions that we made for the 2023 season um, way back in May, I think it was. Uh, and just a heads up, there are some crackers in there. Um, as usual, we do want to hear your thoughts and answer your questions. This is probably going to be a little bit longer than usual. Um, so as I said, we'll be covering the game, we'll be covering Black Monday, all the coaching changes, etc., cetera, et cetera. Um, So if you've got any questions, save, try and save them for that sort of section and we'll answer them as we go along. Um, or feel free to whack them in and obviously we'll, we'll, we'll save them and, and answer them sort of as we go along as well. Um, Again, put your thoughts, questions about anything else in, in the comments and we'll do our best to put them on screen and answer them throughout or at the end as well. Um, and even though the season is over, who doesn't love discounted merch? I know I do. I know I love cheap merch and I'm sure you boys do as well. Head over to usasports.co.uk and bag yourself a beautiful 10% off your order using the code BIGBLUE. Um, right, let's talk Eagles then because we're better to start than the round of the season with a dub. Um, now, some may some may have thought I was a bit mad picking the Giants to win in last week's preview, um, but look what happened. There we go. No one saw that coming, did they? I'm pretty sure the lone wolf I did come out with the W. Let's do that. Producer Craig, um, my prediction was right. It was. It was. You are correct. Uh, the three of us. I even got the Giants' points total right as well. Come on. <laughs> The, uh, the, the rest of us who were on the uh, the train at that point, I think we've all admitted over the last few days that as much as we wanted to have that higher draft position, we all um, enjoyed the game for just what it was at the time. Um, we spoke about it, Dan, during. We were just sat there laughing to ourselves. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's be honest. The game was one when Prick, I, I mean, Nick... <laughs> Nick Sirianni decided to pull Jalen Hurts uh, and most of his other starters from the game after the Hurts interception. Uh, the Eagles were already down 24 to nothing at that point, and the removal of Hurts, Kelsey, Lane Johnson, and the others indicated that the Eagles thought the deficit, the Cowboys score, and the injuries that had occurred to Hurts, Sidney Brown, and AJ Brown just weren't the rest weren't worth the rest of that fight. Um, now, I was watching the highlights on my lunch break at work earlier and I didn't realise that we were only three to nothing up as the second quarter started. We scored 21 points in that second quarter. There's, that's where it was. That that was where, where this game was won, really. It was That second quarter performance was just outstanding. Um, and as we've already kind of alluded to, that win coupled with the Chargers' last-minute loss to the Chiefs, 
uh, meant that the Giants end the 2023 season with a record of 6-11 and and will be picking number 6 in the 2024 NFL Draft in April in um, Detroit. Motown, <laughs> isn't it? It's not, Motor City. It's not, it's not exactly... Um, doesn't sound welcoming. I don't know about the rest of you. Like you think you think of Nashville and you think of some of the other ones, and then it's like Detroit. Yeah, mate, I've always wanted to do the draft live, um, but I think you give that one a miss. I want. I wanted to do it when it was at Radio City in New York. That would have been sweet. Mm. That would have been really cool. Um, and did, was it Vegas last year? Yes. Was it? Yeah, it was. was it Vegas last year? That that would have been sweet. Going to, going to Vegas to do it. Um, before we get into the good uh, about Sunday's game, I just want to say how fucking good it felt to come away with the win on Sunday. Um, not just to round out the season on a high, but to beat Philly and in the process, send them into the playoffs. One and five, as cold as you like over the last six weeks after they started the season 10 and one. Now they are the first team in NFL history to start the season one and not win 12 games in a season. That's right. The first team in history to start a season ten and one, and not actually pick up twelve wins. Think about that for a second. Yeah, they're the first team ever to do that. And yeah, it felt amazing, amazing to wipe that smug look off Prick. Sorry, Nick Sirianni's face um, for once, because it's the first time we beat the Eagles in well, two just over two years. Um, so yeah, lots lots of good to come out of Sunday. Put it that way, Shane. There's a long list of good. What went well for Big Blue? Yeah, so I'm just going to kind of read off some uh, some players that played in particularly well um, that um, weren't players of the game for us. Because, you know, I mean, I think we probably all could have picked two players each, to be honest, in, in terms of players of the game. Um, so we're going to turn first off with Darius Slayton, um, kind of a guy who's been mentioned quite a lot over the last few weeks, to be honest, on this pod, because he's... Um, you know, I've been, been performing really well and, you know, like I've said before, I'm, I am a big Darius Slayton guy and I'm, I'm pleased to see it. Um, you know, how many people can just wake up Sunday morning, get to work at an extra 200 grand? Darius Slayton, he's one of them. Um, that's what he made on the field. And to be fair to him, you know, he had four catches for 62 yards and a touchdown. Um, that also meant for the fourth time in five seasons, he's led the Giants in receiving yards. Um, and in fact, his season total of 770 yards was a career high uh, for the vastly underappreciated fifth round draft pick, um, who obviously signed a, a three-year deal uh, in the past off-season. Next, we're going to talk about Bobby Akereke. Um, 1,228 snaps. Um, Bobby Akereke and one man who will be mentioned shortly uh, finished the season with uh, every single snap on defence play by Bobby O. Um, you know, he finished his season with eight tackles, six solo, one sack, one pass deflection and two hurries. And, you know, I think it, I think it's fair to say, and it'll probably come on to um, spoil, spoiling somewhat potentially. But, you know, if there's an award for free agency, free agent signing of the season, hands down, he's in because, you know, started off slow. First two or three weeks, he was a little bit slow to get going. But like he said himself, once he sort of understood the playbook, um we really, really did see the best of him. And, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a massive fan of linebackers. I love the Bobby Akeriki signing uh, in the off-season last year. And, you know, he really went on to to sort of prove that he was worth the money that he, he got. And, I mean, you know, I know it's only one season in, but at the minute, I'd probably say we've got him at a bit of a bargain compared to what some linebackers did, did go for in off-season last year as well. Um, 
Next player I'm going to mention is Dane Belton. Uh, again, another player who over the last couple of weeks has really sh- shown up. Um, obviously, in his second year, he followed up last week's interception by grabbing his first career sack, a quarterback curry and four tackles. I don't bet anyone else, but that sack, you just seen it coming. you just seen you seen Belton flying at Hurts, and it was just like, that's a sack. He, he was about 10 yards away from Hurts, and I thought... He sacked him like Hertz has not seen that he's coming and, you know, he deservedly got his sack. Um, he's played 37% of his season snaps in the last two weeks and he has shown in the uh, absence of Jason Pinnock. Uh, hopefully it carries on next season because I know me and Kev were quite big fans of Dane Belton coming out. I think he was a fourth-round was fourth pick, if I remember correctly. Um, and, you know, obviously we've... With Xavier McKinney's um, status up in the air at the moment. Obviously he's a free agent this year. We're going to need players to step up, and Belton has certainly done that in the last couple of weeks. Um, I feel like a lot of these players that I'm going to be talking about are players that we've kind of slagged off at some point in the in this season. Well, not not slagged off, but kind of you know have had their low moments. So it's really good to be able you know, to talk about their high moments. And one of them is Jamie Gillen. Obviously, we re-signed him last year as well. And I think it's fair to say most people didn't really want him to be re-signed. He didn't he didn't show much for for the Giants last year. But to be fair to me, I think he, barring maybe one or two games, he's been spot on as a punter this year, to be fair to him. Um, and, you know, he, he, he quietly goes on doing his job. Um, and, you know, Sunday was another one of them games for him. Five punts, four were downed inside the 20, and only one was returned for, for eight yards. And, you know, this is the Jamie Gillen that we kind of hoped that we would be getting when we signed him in, in free agency a couple of seasons ago. Um, Michael McFadden is the next one up. He's had a bit of an up and down season, to be fair. He, he, he's shown some absolutely great flashes at times. And then at times he's not been able to make tackles. He had quite a few missed tackles as well. But, you know, he, he's kind of grown into his own this second season. You know, he's kind of had the season that I think it's fair to say most Giants fans would have expected Darian Beavers to end up having. Obviously, Beavers ended up getting getting cut in the off in, in the preseason. And McFadden has absolutely stepped up. Um, eight tackles on Sunday, two passes were defended, a fumble recovery, and his second 90 plus PFF rating of the season just goes to show that, you know, how much of a great game he had. And then the last player that we're going to bring up is uh, Jihad Ward. Um, you know, I mean, he had the kind of game where you'd think that maybe he had something on the line, maybe a little bit of cash incentive. Um, he had a 90.9 PFF pass rush rating, which is highest of the season by almost 30 points. He got that due to five hurries, one sack and one forced fumble. Um, and he did that whilst he was chasing 250 grand incentive. So we start with a cash incentive and we end with a cash incentive. But obviously that's the players that kind of didn't make our players of the game. Like I said, we, we, I think we all agree we could have probably picked two each if we if we really had to. Um, so Craig, who was your player of the game as as We've had those guys mentioned that weren't deserving of the award. I've kind of gone for one of those players who, in my opinion, isn't back with the Giants next year. But from what he has done, and especially in the last few weeks, um, I think he deserves his place on here. And we've kind of put him on here a few times with the caveat of ish. Um, and it, it did feel like another one of those games in a way, but he, he definitely deserves to be on here, and that's Tyrod Taylor. I mean, there were still those little Tyrod wrinkles of injuries. You know, he left the game twice. Um, he had an interception, but I'm not holding that against him. That interception was purely from forcing, trying to force the ball to, to Shep, um, and I get it, um, and it didn't really hurt us in any way. 
And obviously he held onto the ball a little bit too long as he has a tendency to do. But I think that the good just outweighed the poor for me this week again. Um, 297 yards and a touchdown are kind of only part of the story when you when you think about the game for Tyrod. Um, completed nine passes over 15 yards, with the longest being 46 to another one of our players of the game. He also ran for 38 yards on eight curry uh, eight carries. Um, like I said, with his contract probably not being extended, I think Tyrod kind of put himself in the shop window a little bit, showed other teams around the league that he can still cut it. Wouldn't surprise me if he still gets picked up, maybe for a backup job that he's not expected to come in for. Maybe um, maybe he stays in New York and goes to the Jets. I know that they're looking at getting a, a veteran backup behind uh, A-Rod or Karen Rogers, as uh, Jimmy Kimmel called him last night, which absolutely slayed me. Um, so, yeah, I think... I think we kind of owe a little bit to Tyrod just for kind of making the last few weeks a little bit exciting. Yeah, I think he has made it exciting. Um, I mean, I asked just before we came on, um, do, do we keep Tyrod on for a year, sign him for a year and keep him on? Because is Daniel Jones going to be ready to start the season? And, you know, he's going to be here next year. And then you got Tommy DeVito as well. It's like, okay, what's you know, there's there's loads coming up over the next sort of six to eight months that yeah can happen. But it's 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 an, it's going to be an option that that Dave's and uh, Joe Shane look at for sure. I think um, I think they'd be silly not to. But I yeah, I kind of do agree that he's probably not going to be around next year. Cool. Are you going to do yours? I thought that's why you were cutting in. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, no, I'll crack on and do one. Um, just getting Tyrod excited. excited. Yeah, I mean, fair play to him. Fair play to him. I think he's uh, he's added something else to the to the team these last few weeks. So um, I went for a guy that has played lights out um, all well most of the season. Um, one of two that played every single snap on defense, and that's Savi McKinney. Um, one of two in the whole entire entire league that, owned, that played all 100% defensive snaps, um, along with Bobby Okereke. Uh, it's been nine weeks since the falling out of Wink Martindale. Um, and in that nine weeks, he has been lights out. He's been an absolute baller, and he's shown why he's a defensive captain. Uh, and he finished the season, like I said, as one of the only two defensive players in the league to play every single snap. Um, the upcoming free agent saved his best performance for the last, however, as he snagged not one but two interceptions, with his first being that absolutely phenomenal toe tapper on the sideline uh, that spelt the end for Jalen Hurts and add on the four tackles and three passes defended. And you can see why he got a career high PFF grade of 95. Unbelievable grade in there. And based on his performance in the second half season alone, in my opinion, pay the man. So while, um, while we're kind of on that, uh, we'll get, get a few of the comments because the comments have been 90% about Xavier McKinney. I mean, Jamie saying McKinney's still up himself, thinks he's unique and wants paying big money. Okay, Xavier, you played every snap. Yes, you finished well, but I'm not resetting the market for you. Whereas James kind of came straight back and, you know, I'm not resetting the market, but I'm definitely getting close to resigning. Depends on next DC, whether he plays more zone than Wink. Um, and he also said had a hell of a game. That interception for, for Rex was 
immense. Holty, yeah, I'm re-signing X as well if the price is right. Playing 100% of the snaps is no mean feat. Definitely got better as the season's gone on. And James and, you know, I think Shane and Dable will put a premium on 100% of snaps for X. Dependability is their, or dependable is their mantra. It's very true, you know, mm. strong, tough, dependable. Smart, tough, so, dependable. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. So, yeah, a lot of, a uh, lot of kind of conversation going on about X in the comments between uh, our, our usual regulars. So, we appreciate that. Yes, we do. Uh, Kev, who'd you go for? So I went for uh, wide receiver Wondell Robinson. Um, I just thought, like, as we tweeted out on Sunday, like, you know, he was just so dynamic and an absolute dynamite. Um, when he's with the ball in his hands, you can kind of see that he was an ex-running back when he was at um, Kentucky. You can kind of see that, you know, he's got those uh, that dynamism, you know, that sort of shiftiness, he's able to shake guys off. I mean, the last few, uh, few weeks, you know, he's shown that he can run good routes, get open, and catch the ball and also again as we talked about with the ball in his hands he's so dynamic his run after the catch um is just phenomenal and you know it just shows if you're able to like tyrod throw a lovely sort of like corner right down to him and you know he just he set he, he broke the coverage fantastically well um and he was fine and you know just picked up so many yards i mean his stat line for the weekend was what five catches for 85 yards you know one of them went for 33 yards one one for 25 you know, he would have got more on one of those if he had not, if he hadn't slipped. I mean, I do believe he's one of the players that can excel next season, given more opportunities, better cube uh, quarterback play, and if he can stay healthy. Now, I'm not saying he's injury prone, but he hasn't had just a, the odd niggle of an injury since he was in college and coming out. But he's just one of those players that you know we've start, the second part of this um, the second part of the season throwing the ball downfield a bit more, getting the ball in his hands. You know, he's shown more than one occasion that, you know, he is dynamic and he can make plays. Um, and he's going to be a really, really good player for us going forward, I think. So I'm just trying to unmute myself. Um, yeah, I think he's had um, he's had a great second half of the season. Um, like Holtie said, I'm, I'm really excited to see him um, next year, um, especially now that he's fit again. And like you said as well, Kev, I think he's really turned into that that speedster that we want in the slot, and you know, like you said, with the bit of better quarterback play next season, hopefully, you know the 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 sky's the limit for him because he's a, he's a really really exciting player, um, and you know he's got an exciting future ahead of him. Uh, uh, Shane, you're you're playing the game. Yeah, so um, my player of the game, again, it could be another player of the game that might have played his last game um, as a New York football giant this past weekend, and that was number 26, Saquon Barkley. Um, if that is Saquon's last game as a giant, then at least he went it with a bang. He managed two touchdowns, a 46-yard reception, 97 scrimmage yards, and he sat out the last drive and a half as well. It also wound up being his highest-graded game on offence this season at 79.3 per PFF. Um, as a result, he ended the season with 14 games played, carried the ball 247 times for 962 yards on the ground, which was 3.9 yards per carry, six touchdowns and two fumbles. And in the receiving game, he caught 41 of 60 targets for 280 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, those of you are quick at maths, I'm not, so I did this earlier on. Uh, that equates to 1,242 <laughs> total yards. 
Um, and, you know, as I alluded to earlier, if he's the end of 26 in blue, um, he will leave having put up 5,211 yards on 1,201 attempts, 4.3 yards per carry for 35 touchdowns and only six fumbles in his entire Giants career. Um, it would place him fourth in the Giants' all-time leading rushers. And in terms of receiving, he caught 288 receptions on 396 targets for 2,100 yards and 12 touchdowns. Again, you could get maths fair play. Uh, but that's 7,311 yards and 47 touchdowns as a New York Giants. It's a pretty good return. And that is why I'm in state. In, in, in memory. In memory. In loving memory. Yeah. Oh, it's not the end for sake. I'm going to take a knee as well in a second. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a really good <laughs> Taken the, I, I don't think it's the end for Saquon just yet. Um, there's obviously a lot that can be that's going to be discussed and decided over the next few months, but I'm hoping, I'm sure we all are hoping that he's he's back with a, with the team next year because I, I think that team is built around him. Um, he's our biggest weapon on offense. He's the what more can we say about him that we haven't already said apart from the fact he's. A fantastic player that deserves to be in blue and desert. I think, you know, I think he will be next year. Um, now, it's not a normal thing for us to have an extra man at the end of this, but this is no normal show out. Um, Sunday's game saw the Giants say farewell and goodbye to number three, Sterling Shepard. Um, he had three receptions on the day, enough to take him into fifth all-time in franchise history above Jeremy Shockey. Um, but unfortunately, they were unable to get that touchdown despite running the get the ball to Shep sort of exclusively towards the end. Um, every play, I said, like, the ball was going, to, we said in the group, the ball was going to him regardless. Um, and unfortunately, he didn't get that that sort of career-ending touchdown or not necessarily his career, but obviously his time with the Giants. Um, he might have been plagued with injury, but... He personified everything that it means to be a New York Giant. Uh, he lived, he breathed and loved the franchise. And despite the time he spent on the sidelines, he was always the Giants' biggest cheerleader and raised spirits of his teammates more often than not. Uh, he finishes his Giants' career with 376 catches on 563 targets for 4,158 yards and 23 touchdowns. Wherever he ends up next, whether it's on another team or it's retiring altogether, uh, we wish him well, and we like to say, once a giant, always a giant. Uh, Shep, we wish you well, man. Uh, Kev, how do you feel about Shep's Giants career when you look back on it? Um, I mean, it's just a lot of what ifs, isn't it? It's like he came in, he was second round pick out of the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, awesome player, you know, really, you know, good locker room guy, you know, very, very talented but just plagued with injuries. Just like, you have to feel for him because, yeah, like I said, just what ifs. You know, he came in with the right attitude. You know, he was obviously an ex-player's son as well. His dad played for the Sooners, played in the league. He knew what it was about. There was no big I am. Yes, there was that boat incident, but we can't sort of hold that against him or the other players forever. Do you know what I mean? Hold it against them. Um, I just feel that, yeah, you know, he epitomises what it to be. He epitomises it what it is to be, to be a teammate. He's one of those players that does everything for locker room in there, and you would never say that he would be a cancer in the locker room. And he had the talent. He really, really did. 
He was just so unlucky. I mean, part of me would like to see him have a crack at another team and make a roster. But then part of me is like, that didn't really work out for Victor Cruz or Justin Tuck or like players like that. Part of me would just want, like to see him sort of like take on an ambassador role within the team, within the club. Uh, not necessarily coaching or anything like that. Cause he's got young kids. He's got a young family. Like his kids are like four or five years of age. He's not very old. But so like I'd love him to just, you know, stick with the team as an ambassador type role. Because um, I do believe he's that, you know, he might not uh, be like what be remembered as like one of the best, best, best players. But I think he'll always remember as being one of the best giants. Yeah, the fact that he's, like I said, top five in receiving at all time, I think he's he definitely will be remembered by uh, by all Giants fans. Shane, how different do you think it could have been if he wasn't so played by injury? Um, I don't, I don't think it would have been that different in the sense I don't think he'd have like set any records or like you know I don't think I don't think Sterling Shepherd being injured is the difference between us making it to a Super Bowl or not. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, what I will say is. Um, you know, he, he obviously he was, he was part of that infamous boat trip. But, you know, I'm pleased he was on the team last year when we got that playoff win. I'm pleased the reception that he got on Sunday, the fact that the, the team allowed him to kind of enter the field last. I don't like insulting people, but I did see some knobhead fans saying that it was like a bit, a bit too much. But at the end of the day, you know, he's, like you say, he's been a great servants I don't like using that word but you know he's, he's always been committed he's always given his all he's always cheered the team on he's never kind of had his hand in his ass when he uh, arse in his hands when he's not been playing or when he's been injured he's always been on that sideline cheering the team on geeing the fans up so you know I thought it was great that the the way the team kind of um treated him it's not like we're doing a Birmingham City and retiring Bellingham's number after like a couple of seasons um so I don't see what the big <laughs> I don't, I don't see what the big rave was about kind of the, the reception that he kind of got and the treatment that he got. Um, and, you know, got sign off with a win. The only thing it was really missing, which we all agreed, was a, a Sterling Shepherd touchdown, which unfortunately he didn't get. Mm. Yeah, I mean, didn't get that, which was a shame. Um, it's, uh, this, this is a tough one for me, just because of the fact that I feel like Shep, had the majority of his Giants career and the ability to maybe be viewed in a better light with some of our fan base and as you said knobs but um, I think he had that kind of ripped away from him just because of the injuries he had I remember seeing a tweet the other day um, I can't remember who it was from it was from one of the beat writers who said that um, and he included OBJ in this list and he said that Sterling Shepard was the best pure route runner on the Giants even when Beckham was here. Um, and, and he's, you know, he is definitely right that Shepard just had an uncanny knack of being exactly where you needed him to be when you wanted him to be. And when I was looking up his stats earlier today and I was kind of thinking to myself, oh, he really, really could have done with that touchdown at the end. It would have been such a nice way for him to get one this season. And then I forgot he had. He had got one uh, in the Dallas game in week. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, seven or eight. I can't, I can't count that quickly. Um, against Dallas of all teams as well. So um, at least he got one this this season. Uh, probably didn't go maybe as well as as he'd hoped. Probably didn't see the field as much as he'd as he'd hoped. But it was nice to see that he has respect enough in the locker room and amongst his peers 
that nobody complained about what was happening towards the end of, of Sunday's game. You know, there was quite a, a clear chance that Wandale probably goes over 100 yards, maybe Slayton goes over 800 for the season for the first time. And I don't think any of them would have cared less if it meant that Shep got himself a few of those. And it just, you know, it's a, a testament to his character. That side, I can't figure out left and right when I'm mirrored, but that side, um, it's probably a good idea that that was my good shoulder as well. Um, but I'll, I'll treasure that forever. That would be framed and yeah. put up behind me. So. Nice. And uh, yeah, the Dallas game was week 10, FYI, Craig. But um, yeah, yeah jer- he's, got, uh, he's got the treasure. It's PFR. PFR Carry. put their, um, their rankings backwards. So I was counting top down and they do it bottom up. Oh, okay. Because obviously that makes that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? When you're counting one, Absolutely. To, one to 18. <laughs> makes complete sense. Makes complete sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you've got his jersey on the wall. Obviously, it's his old number, um, but his. I mean, he changed it when the obviously the league changed the rules in terms of jersey numbers. He obviously, changed it to three. Um, so, as his jersey number is three, boys, sum up Shep's time at the Giants in three words. So, Shane first. You're on you're on mute. <laughs> there you go. Three words done. Um, just, just for a little bit of tongue in cheek, not single digits. Not single digits. Yeah, I hate to get swapped into the three. Uh, yeah. I mean, true. Uh, Kev, three words about Shep. Um, very, very unlucky. Yep, I agree with that. Craig? Injuries robbed him. Again, you're not Always wrong. a giant. Um, Kev! <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> once once a giant. <laughs> yeah, that was... Thank, thanks for seeing my answer. Always a giant. Oh. There we go. <laughs> um, my bad, my bad. <laughs> yeah, damn straight. Damn straight. No, I'm joking. It's fine. It's all good. It's all good. But um, yeah, obviously, whatever happens to Ship, whether he carries on playing, whether he retires, whether he goes into how you put in the comments about him and um, Cruz doing some doing media together, that'd be sweet. Um, that whatever good. happens to him, obviously, wish him wish him the best of luck. Um, alrighty. Um, Moving on from the game, as as sweet and as good as the game was, we'd love to talk about it all night, but we haven't got all night. So, uh, yeah, we're going to move on. Um, the day after the regular season ended, in recent years, has been uh, been pending as or known as Black Monday. Um, Kev, a busy day for Big Blue on Black Monday. What happened? Black Monday, eh? It all happened yesterday, pretty much, I think. You know, uh, as they say, yesterday was Black Monday. You know, what about a mixed bag for the Giants? So start off, you know, running back coach Jeff Nixon uh, confirmed that he got the offensive coordinator job at Syracuse. Fair play to him. Nice move there. Uh, strength and conditioning coach Craig Fitzgerald's off to Florida. Uh, some, so those moves kind of like don't push the needle that much. But I think like, you know, some good moves that Giants fans have been crying out for all season. You know, special teams coordinator uh, Thomas McGahey was fired. Uh, offensive line coach. Bobby Johnson was fired as well. I mean, um, under Johnson, the Giants gave up 85 sacks. I mean, second most of all time. 
that all three quarterbacks suffered injuries behind the abysmal line play this year. Um, so I think like those type of moves to be crying out for, you know, special teams has been meh to bad uh, for, for a long time now. Um, I know uh, Thomas McGahey was uh, was an assistant coach back in 07 when um, when uh, Lawrence Tynes was there. And Lawrence Tynes, you know, tweeted out a nice tweet about him this week. Uh, but he hasn't been working for a long time. And Bobby Johnson, I mean, what more can we say about Bobby Johnson that we haven't hashed out all this season? Uh, I think we just massively needed a change there. Um, I think uh, I put a tweet in um, the group earlier on. You know, this 24, uh, t- going forward, the offensive line, could have what a fifth, uh, fifth overall pick, seventh, o- fourth overall pick, seventh overall pick, um, a second rounder at center, you know, a third rounder at guard. You know, surely an offensive line coach worth any worth of salt could come in and strap together a decent offensive line with the with what, with what we got there. So you know, those type of moves were good to see. You know, the Giants also they weren't they weren't finished there. Uh, Black Monday continued. Uh, they fired brothers Drew Wilkins. And Kevin Wilkins, Drew was an offensive, uh, was the uh, outside linebackers coach, and Kevin was a defensive assistant. Um, you know, Drew was uh, Wink's right hand man. Um, you know, so when that happened, I think that the the writing was on the wall of what was going to come next. I mean, they started off with the press conference. It was a press conference eight thirty a.m. When do you ever have like a end of season press conference at eight thirty a.m. the day after a game? I mean, I've never seen that before. Uh, so that was strange to begin with. You know, Dable said that in the press conference that uh, he expected uh, Kafka and Wink to be back. Um, I mean, if that doesn't throw the ball over to Wink, I don't know what does. I mean, it was sort of like, you know, I think he's put it all on Wink there to sort of say, you know, it's up to you what you want to do. Um, but everyone's been saying about, um, was it his play call card? He normally has a white play call card all year. And then yesterday he had 24, you know, 24. Yeah. 24 on it. I mean, you know, no one said anything at the time, but it looks a bit fitting now, doesn't it? I mean, so as we know at the moment, Wink has not been fired. Wink has met with uh, Dable and uh, Shane, uh, but apparently Wink uh, left that meeting uh, and in a bit of a heated discussion and nothing was resolved. And I believe that as we're speaking now, there's been no other contact between the parties. Although it was said by uh, Rapsheet yesterday that he was actually resigning and he wasn't, um, well, he wasn't quitting. So that, you know, I mean, watch this space type thing. I mean, like technically he's still employed by the company at the moment. Um, but uh, I mean, who's to say where it's going to go? I mean, it's not going to be amicable, is it? I mean, this is going to be fallout. This is going to be weeks of uh, fallout, I think. Um, I mean, he wants the head coaching job. I think he might be a bit long in the tooth for it now. I'm not sure if he'll get a head coaching position. Um, obviously, the rifts that we heard between Wink and Dable, there was something to that. Um, I think Jake Glazer came out mid-season, was talking about, you know, this this could be done before the end of the season. No, it lasted until the end of the season. Um, but Wink is, Wink is, you know, it looks like he's definitely moving on now. So um, it's kind of like watch this space. I mean... So, uh, so we will like update everyone when we know what's going on there. I mean, other news uh, regarding replacements. Uh, Giants confirmed to have uh, granted permission by the Raiders to interview uh, Karen uh, Bocelli, uh for the now vacant offensive line coaching position. Um, 
I mean, was it Bobby Skinner tweeted out uh, that um, he tweeted some drop pressures, uh, some drop pressure rates, sorry, drop back pressure rates. God, I'm stumbling over myself at the moment. Um, so 2021, uh, when he was at the Patriots, uh, Mac Jones' pressure rate was six out of 40. And in 2022, at the Raiders, Derek Carr was 30th out of 40. Now in 2023, um, with the Raiders, Garoppolo was 4th out of 43. And Aidan O'Connell was 14th out of 43. Now, just to give some context to that, uh, this year, Daniel Jones was 42nd, DeVito was 39th, and Tyro Taylor was 30th. I mean, so, so uh, he hasn't got the job yet, so we will wait and see, but those are some promising numbers. Um, I mean, you know, it's been a roller coaster of a day all day yesterday, back and messages back and forth, waking up this morning, seeing stuff. But now the dust has settled, how are we feeling about everything that happened yesterday, Shane? Um, torn is probably the best way I can kind of describe it. Um, obviously, there's been a couple of um, I don't like to say like this, but well deserved sackings. Let, let's be honest, you know, McGay here and Bobby Johnson didn't feel. Um, didn't, didn't deserve to keep their jobs, in all fairness, and I'd be absolutely amazed if either of them had a bit of integrity about them, Tur could turn around and say to Giants fans with a straight face, I deserve to keep my job, because they didn't, anyone will tell you that, you know, that they're, they're both underperformed this year, there's been a lot of regression with the O-line players, I still maintain it was a coach, it's a coaching issue, not a player's issue, you don't get a player like Evan Neal, perform as bad as what he has done and you know that's just talking about one player there's several players I, I could name um yeah in regards to wink i mean where do you start um uh, one of my keys for this off season was retain wink no matter what i think it's a mistake to let him go i don't think it looks good on diable or shane in all honesty um i think there's probably i think it's six one half a dozen of the other um, I think you know we we went was it four and three we went over the last seven weeks. Um, yeah, we we don't go four and three without with Martin Dallas DC. You know I think I think at best you're talking five and four, uh, two and five to be honest with you. You know the defense ball that the defense is what kept us in games. The defense is what won us games. I think it's going to be an intriguing time for people coming to the New York Giants. The simple reason that you come into a team off the back of a poor season that went six and eleven, and let's face facts, you're potentially coming into a role where in twelve months' time there might be a coaching change again. Potentially, you know, I, I, we'll, we'll get into it more over the over the next couple of months. To be honest with you, but you know, I, I firmly believe that Dable and Shane are kind of on the hot seat this coming season, personally. I think, you know, that that might not get a fourth season. So I think for anyone coming in as a DC or an old line coach, you might only be coming in for one year. So it's going to be interesting how it pans out. But, you know, it'd be, it'd be interesting. I'm, I'm sure whoever we hire as old line coach um, can't be any worse. And, you know, another question on all our listeners' lips. Yes, my CV has gone in. <laughs> Fantastic. So it should, online guru. So Craig, out of all the news yesterday, has anything shocked you or um, how do you feel about generally about the, the, the news that was coming out? Um, no. No, nothing shocked me. Uh, Bobby Bobby Johnson had to go. He had to, he had to go. Um, 
I think if he would have stayed, then I think the spotlight and the kind of ire of the fans would be on on Dable more than it is. McGahey kind of, you know, fair play, you've you've lasted four head coaches. Um, the, I was listening to um, Madeline Burke um, and Lance Meadow earlier, their, their show from yesterday, and they were saying that he was still on the coaching staff when Coughlin was here. So, you know, that's that's some some innings. Um, but the last two years were poor. Now, I will tip my hat to him for how he kind of had to deal with what he's had to deal with in our kicking situation this year, because I can't imagine that's going to be easy, especially when you have someone like Gano who at, like last season was automatic and then this season struggled pretty much from the start as soon as he got injured on that very first kick of the season. Um, and then just to go through the IR carousel that we seem to go through with Bullock and then Cade York being, you know, touted as a starter for, three hours or whatever bloody stupid short amount of time it was. I think he's done well there. Um, the biggest concern to me is how Dable comes back from the wink thing. And I'll hold my hands up and say that I am happy that wink's gone because of what has come out since. And I think as a head coach, you cannot be undermined by your coordinators. And that's what happened in the end. And I think by the fact of what is coming out on X at the moment in regards to that meeting with Wink yesterday, it almost feels like Dave's is the bigger man and was willing to talk it out. Now, he did say that he wanted Wink back and there were conditions. Those conditions were clearly the firing of the two Wilkins brothers. Now, let's be honest... Outside linebackers, yes, Thibodeau got Wink's first double-digit sack, um, but they haven't been great. Their pass rush pressure rate has been horrific. Jihad Ward somehow had six pressures at the weekend, yet still had a pressure rate win that was bottom of every single outside linebacker. And that, again, if we're going to talk about the offensive line and coaching on the offensive line, I think we have to look at, at the outside linebackers as well. It's not like we've been great in the run game with them either. You know, even Thibodeau's been kind of chasing his tail a little bit there. So I think everything that's come out since has kind of made sense. And I think Dable kind of had to do that mainly to show that he has a spine. Um, and who knows, this could be his Coughlin moment. You know, Coughlin had to change his tact, he had to get rid of all of his coordinators, he had to start again from fresh. And look what happened. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not. Uh, that's not my bold prediction for next year, but it could happen. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I think something needs to change with the outside linebackers because although Thibodeau's sack production this year, I think is on Thibodeau, not on the coaching of the outside linebackers. Um, so I, I would like to see better coaching of the outside linebackers to see what Thibodeau could actually uh, produce and what he could actually be. And there was rumours as well that these Wilkins brothers... They had a bit of a poor attitude. The attitude wasn't really good behind the scenes, but they were Wink's guys, and obviously they came with Wink came. But over to you, Dan. How do you feel about the um, the dynamic between uh, head coach and Wink and the way things are left? Do you think that whether Wink is a good off a defensive coordinator, which I think he is, but do you think in the long term this is better for the Giants and Brian Dable? 
I think obviously Wink was hired as an experienced head. Um, obviously Dave's first time head coach, so you kind of needed someone with a bit bit of experience to sort of help and guide him along a little bit. But I think yeah, Wink is is a, a great defensive coordinator. Obviously, we've seen him what what he did in um, Baltimore before he came over to New York, and in all you know, he's had a a fairly good show in the last two years. Um, you know. It's it's disappointing to see him leave. It's disappointing the circumstances that he that he has left. You know, I enjoyed his you know some of his defensive scheming. Um, obviously, his blitz heavy approach was was entertaining, if anything. Um, but it wasn't always productive. And realistically, the show always goes on. Um, you know, Dave's is a a young, hungry. Yeah, you know, he's he's done, he's done the, his two years as head coach. Obviously, won coach of the year last year. Um, obviously, not had a, as 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 good a second season, but I think all in all, I think Dave's has has achieved a lot over the last two years. And I think that dynamic between head coach and DC, especially if your head coach is a an offensive minded head coach, I think you know you need to be able to rely and lean on your DC a lot. And I think he has lent on 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 Wink quite a lot over the last two years but I think it's now time for um for him to get someone new in and you know potentially sort of lead a bit more himself you know and and really sort of make the team his and not have that um distraction in the background because like we said like we've seen since you know most of this season there has been these sort of grumblings and rumors going on that there is some sort of falling out um between wink and between um Dabes and I think yeah Dabes needed to assert his authority and and really sort of actually you know what don't undermine like like Craig said don't undermine me I'm the head coach you're not as much as as harsh as that sounds you know he he needs to make this team his own and I I think he potentially could be a little bit on the hot seat but only because you know we've obviously come in this season with a with a losing record um you know I think next season there's obviously a lot that can be there's a lot that can happen. Um, we've we've got so many coaches to replace now. Obviously, it's going to be a big job and a big ask for him and for Joe Shane. Um, but I do still trust in him and I do still trust in Joe Shane as well. I think they're taking the team in the right direction um, and their you know their philosophy, their mantra behind the team that smart, tough, dependable. Those three words are you know are, are the right way to go. Um, and I just wanted to add about um, Thomas McGahey and Bobby Johnson as well. You know, I've been all for letting them go for as long as I remember. Um, Thomas McGahey, obviously, he's been with the team a long time. He's struggled the last couple of years on special teams. But I think overall, you know, he's, he's given a good service to the Giants. And it's always sad to see someone leave that has been with the team a long time. But I think the time is right. Um, and Bobby Johnson, what more can we say about Bobby Johnson? That hasn't been said already. The O-line's been awful the last two years. We needed a change. Simple as that. Um, but yeah, I think Wink going, I'm disappointed by it. I'm not surprised in the slightest. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing who we get in his DC next. Antonio Pierce. <clears throat> but yeah, you know, you make some great points there, Dan. Just like to, uh, I think you hit me on the head when you talked about like, you know, Dable needs to sort of be his own head coach now. Because I do get the feeling that sort of like the last two years, it was almost like Wink was the head coach of the defence. And then you had Dable and Kafka looking after the offense almost. 
So it would be good to see now if they, if 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 Brian Devil's head is on the line on the chopping block, then he wants to, he was obviously going to do it his way, and he's going to be the head coach, and he will bring in the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator that he wants to run his systems, and if you know he's going to go out on his terms. So I think it's a fantastic point there. So on that note, now we move over to Craig for any other giant business. We're going to start any other giant business with a comment. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to throw it back. I'm actually going to throw it back to you, Kev, because I'm just intrigued to kind of get your opinion on this. So, obviously, Shane Shane said in, in his kind of Black Monday roundup, just talking about Joe Shane and how um, you know he could potentially be be on the on the hot seat. Um, James was saying that he he doesn't think Jane, that Shane oh Joe Shane it's really hard saying Shane and Joe Shane I'm gonna have to Shane you're gonna have to change your name I'm sorry remember it's it's, it's Shine remember <laughs> yeah yeah <Shine>. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't think Joe Shane is on the hot seat um, generally good draft choices good free free agency pickups uh, works for Magic last year with zero cap salary space now. Gettleman obviously stuck around for a while. Um, Jerry Reese before him was was around for a while. Do you, do you feel like Joe Shane is under any pressure at all in this off season? Okay, so I, yeah, I have, I have some thoughts on this. I mean, I think Brian Dable and Joe Shane are a, a marriage. So I think, and that's why the, the the NFL's moving now is that if one goes, both go. Almost uh, the same way, if one gets hired, both get hired um, at the same time. Um, I think we're going with those days where you have a general manager who's separate and you'll have one general manager and multiple head coaches. I don't think it quite works like that anymore. Uh, for being on the hot seat, I almost, I actually don't think so. I almost think, right, and people are going to shoot me down for this, right? So so hold hold off fire for a minute, lads, all right? But I think they almost might get a free pass this year in the sense that, don't, don't be careful now, don't go at me. But when we do not pick a quarterback at six or move up for one and we pick mm. something to help Daniel Jones out next year, I think they'll almost get a free pass for that. As in like going, OK, we need to see if Daniel Jones will come back healthy. Let's get him a, a Roma Dunze. Let's get him a league neighbors. Let's get him a weapon of some sort to help sort of progress this offense and develop this offense the way Dable wants to. Um, and then... If it all goes completely tits up again, it'll be like, okay, let's go get our QB. Let's let's almost like you know, like a reset. So I do ultimately think that this year is a little bit of a free pass for both, but uh, I could be wrong. It was interesting to watch Shane's face as you said the words of why you said the names of wide receivers and you didn't say Joel or Fashnu there. Shane, Shane's demeanour just slightly rose as you turned around and said Roma Dunze and Malik Navis. Shane, I, is I, that right? I wouldn't oh. do it to him. I wouldn't do it to him. It's all right. I've accepted it. What, what was it I said? Like, was it last night? We're off the tank train. We're on the pain train. Let's retain Daniel Jones. Let's not draft a quarterback. Let's draft an offensive lineman. Come aboard the pain train. I said just Joe Old to right tackle. Move. Neil into inside a guard. Happy days. Uh, right. So, <laughs> All aboard the pain train. You know. All aboard the pain train, I think, is the next one. <laughs> Isn't that... What's that? Um, the pain train is coming was... That was an old Reebok advert, right? With... Um, oh, I can't remember. Terry Tate, office linebacker. 
if, if nobody's seen Terry Tate office linebacker, find it on YouTube. It's one of the greatest adverts ever made by Americans. Um, and it is absolutely class. It's also, incidentally, I think it was the same the same person who voiced uh, the Coltrane in uh, Gears of War. So just, to, just, just for that other NFL-esque wrinkle in there. Um, right, any other giant business? Uh, the, since yesterday, there has been a few snippets of information that's kind of been overshadowed by everything that happened yesterday. So... Um, the Giants signed 10 players to future contracts. I'm going to butcher some of these, so get ready. Uh, the Giants began their offseason by signing the following 10 players to reserve future contracts. Uh, running back, Dion Jackson. Uh, wide receiver, Dennis Houston. Offensive tackle, Yodney Kajust. Uh, offensive lineman, Joshua Miles. Offensive lineman, Jalen Mayfield. Defensive tackle, Ryder Anderson. Linebacker, Deontay Johnson. Uh, linebacker Jeremiah Martin, defensive back Caleb Hayes, and defensive back Stanley Thomas Oliver. Uh, reserve future contracts are often, but not always, for the minimum and are non-guaranteed. Um, next, Brandon Brown. Can I just say about the okay. names quickly? Just very, very well done on the names there. Go I on. just want to say this, otherwise I'll forget. Like Shane, I asked Shane this. Have you started to get annoyed yet? with the way that some of these analysts pronounce the tackle from Penn State's name. Oliver Shawnee. I know, it just really gets me. It's fashion news. Surely it's like big old John fashion news. I've, I've called him fashion news. Fashion news, yeah, exactly. I just hear all these, like, you know, watching all the snippets and all the stuff about the Shawnee. It's like, this has to be crack up. Anyway, sorry, let's move on. My apologies. Can, can we just have that one more time, Shane? Just just for just for the listen, listeners. How do, how do we pronounce that when we draft him? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no? <laughs> Shane's, Shane's gone. Shane, Shane's gone. Uh, Shane has left the building. Shane, Shane has left Shane, Shane's had enough. Oh, God. Yet again, we've gone off the rails towards the end of the podcast. You know what? It's all, it's all good. It's always O-line that causes it to go off the rails. Every time. It's a ban on O-line talk. We should get shades on bits of line corner. It would be a lot easier, wouldn't it, if we just banned O-line talk? Right. Anyway, Brandon Brown. Back to back to brighter things, Shane. Well, not brighter things. That's Brandon Brown. Great um, comment. <laughs> both the Panthers and the Chargers have requested interviews with the Giants' assistant general manager, Brandon Brown, whose stock has been rising steadily since the organisation picked him up two years ago as part of the restructure with Joe Shane and Brian Dable joining. Uh, if the Giants were to lose Brown, they would receive a third-round compensatory pick for the next two years due to a rule regarding minority executives or coaches. Thank you, Kev, for finding that one out for me. <laughs> so we understood that one. And finally, um, we had a couple of players say goodbye, which is a bit strange. You know, free agency is a good couple of months away. but And, you know, by this point, there's normally speculation of who's staying, who's going, Um We'll have a podcast in a in a few weeks' time where we kind of go through all of our free agents. But you know, two of those players have kind of already so, you know signed and delivered that for us that we don't need to talk to them, and we just sort of wave them off into the sunset. So, Cam Brown and uh, Carter Coughlin are the two players. Uh, 
they've posted farewell messages onto social media, kind of implying that this is the end of their giant tenures. Um, interestingly, uh, both players were at the top of the special team snap counter for the season, with Coughlin playing 86.7% of the special team snaps this year, and Cam Brown playing 80.1%, including his delightful, almost like almost like it was his wedding night, just scooping the kicker from the Eagles off, off of his feet, just carrying him over the threshold into the end zone. <laughs> so beautifully... Um, I love yeah, that. I was like, you're not, you're not flopping. You're not diving. Yeah. There's not a flag on this flag. <laughs> there we go. That was a hundred percent what it was for. Oh my god! Like, what, what a play by like, Cam Brown. His whole career just... is free reading on like his flags and everything, and that yeah. one moment just you know yeah reconciled everything me and him. We'll put that into the weird Giants Hall of Fame alongside Darnay Holmes' dodgy massage in London last season. <laughs> Because uh, they're, they're, they're both kind of on that ill, can't they? But um, um, going through those sort of those three different bits there, Dan, is there anything anything you want to add on any of those pieces of news? Um, I mean, Cam Brown and Carter Coughlin—they've been solid on special teams, so a little bit disappointed to see them leave. But I think that they want a chance on defense, and they'll they'll probably get that chance out there somewhere with another team. So, good luck to them. Um, obviously, with a new special teams coordinator coming in as well, he's going to want to, you know, create his own unit. So, I'm, I'm not surprised that either of them have gone. Um, the one thing that does stand out to me though is Brandon Brown. I think he's been highly touted over the last couple of years. Joe, Shane, he's sort of Joe Shane's right hand man as such. Um, and it's just going if he does go, it's just going to be another position that we've got to fill that we probably don't need right now. Um, but if he does go, then good luck to him because what we've seen of him from um, oh, what's the series called preseason where they go inside the team inside Giants, Giant, Giant no. Life, Giants Life, Life, yeah. yeah. From what you've seen on Giants Life on YouTube and stuff like that, um, he seems like a really sound guy and knows what he's doing. And obviously his his scouting of um, of players at the combine and. Um, at, you know, pro days and senior bowl and everything like that. He's, he knows his stuff. So it'll be a little bit of a shame to see him go. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, everyone is replaceable. It's, um, it's just a shame that, that only two years into his tenure as assistant GM, we might be saying goodbye to him. Yeah. Just to answer that from Holty. Uh, yeah. We would get two third round comp picks if he does go. Um, and Kev, just quickly as well on that word, just quickly on that word, compensatory. I get really annoyed how Americans pronounce that word. It's compensatory, not compensatory. Come on, <laughs> don't we we'll start the aluminium talk soon? Um, Kev, um, what what are your thoughts there on on Brandon Brown potentially leaving? Yeah, I mean, um, so obviously it's 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 sad to see him go in the sense that you know. Like you said, from what we get, what we read, read about him, what we saw in the documentaries and stuff, like you know, we even saw him on the in the press box. We didn't get a chance to talk to him, but we did sort of see him hanging around there and and um, doing stuff. And I just think, like you know, yeah, okay, he's been doing well behind the scenes, but then on the other hand, where I sort of sit is that okay, it's good that people want to steal our our executives, steal the people from work behind the scenes. That we must be doing something right if these guys are being 
headhunted and looked at and being okay, you can be your, the top guy at another um, organization. Um, so I think that's fantastic. And then obviously, you know, search starts for, for the next guy to step into his place. And the comp picks, let's face it, are massive. Come on, though. Like, we never seem to end up with any comp picks. And then certain teams, like, I think um, the 49ers had five or six last year um, from this rule specifically. So, you know, to come away with the third round pick this year and a third round pick next year to, for, to say that we've been developing these executives, I think it's fantastic. And, like, you know, um, don't want to see him go in one hand, but another hand, I mean, it's fantastic business for him, for us, for our front office, but also for our um, uh, draft picks going forward. Shane Cam Brown. Um, would would you say that he didn't live up to expectations? Is that fair to say? Um, no, I don't think it is. I think he was only ever going to be a special teams player. You know, he, he played linebacker at Penn State. He was never going to be a, a starting caliber linebacker. Um, you know, he's probably one of the most consistent special teamers that we've had over the recent years. To be fair, and you know, part of me does hope that he can come back. So he can play that gunner position quite well um and you know we'll, we've look we'll get into it more um but there's going to be a lot of holes to fill we've only got so many draft picks we've not got a ton of money to spend in free agency so you know i'm hoping cam brown's quite a message is just sort of like saying you know the season's done gonna go and enjoy the off season and, and just kind of see what happens um in terms of brandon brown um i don't think he's gonna go anywhere to be honest with you um i think i think if he goes to another um, I was going to say another company then. I think if he goes to another team, it's going to be based on his Philadelphia background, not the Giants background. And the reason I say that is because he's been here two years. We've had one playoff and we've not drafted amazing. We were drafted okay, but, you know, for, for instance, I know, the, I know the Chargers have requested to interview, um, I think he might be the Bills player personnel for the role. Then the Bills are a much better position what the Giants are. So if I had to pick, if I was an outside and I had to pick um, a, a staff member to st steal from, am I taking a Giants staff member or am I taking a Bills? I'm probably going to edge with the Bills, to be fair. The only one I think he might get a shot is Carolina. Absolutely no chance in that I'm going to work for that owner. I am not going anywhere near that owner. He, he's seen an absolute nutcase. And he throws drinks over fans, you know. Yeah, like there is absolutely... It, Unless I'm absolutely desperate for a GM job, I'm, I'm not doing it. And then just one thing that I can't believe we've all forgot to mention it, the Cam Brown conversation led me to it, and I should have mentioned it when I talked about him earlier on. Can we give a shout-out to Bobby Owen jumping over the uh, Eagles' O-line? Yeah, mate. Surely, I can't believe I forgot. I've only just remembered about it. Round of applause yeah, for Bobby Owen. Trying, for trying to stop the push-push, wasn't he? He was like, you know what, you're having five yards or five or ten yards, whatever it is, or you're having nothing. You're not you're not doing this crappy little one yard push. And I love the memes that have been coming out about the um the, the judge in America that got jumped last week. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And that's that's all down to Cole Banks. You know, Cole Banks said that that's what someone should do on the radio broadcast the last time that we played them, and obviously Bobby O. Uh, listens intently to everything that Cole Banks says, as he as he rightly should, and um, and yeah, but it was just, it wasn't even close, was it? Like he just went, Do you know, I'm no. just going to smash him. Uh, just, on that, but Dave Dave said in his in the post game presser, um, Bobby was watching the ball and he saw a flinch. 
So uh, that's why that's why he jumped. So was there a little false start in there? I mean, Lane Johnson full starts every time he gets onto the field. So um... exactly, <laughs> exactly, something uh, flinched. So that's why he jumped. But it was so it's what a, what a play. I mean, can we also just, just for that um, alone? Can we just also touch on Jalen Hurts' finger and how disgusting that was? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I, I I sent the picture over to you guys, didn't I? And it's like the his finger was just bent uh, beyond all recognition. And he went to the sideline, they just popped it back in and put some tape around it. Yeah, as you do. The, the, the ET meme killed me. <laughs> yeah. The what? Oh, no. the ET meme. oh yeah, 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 that was yeah, that was, yeah I put that up, didn't I? <laughs> oh no. Uh, yeah, his finger was fucked. Yeah, his fingers fucked. Right, all right. So um, we're going to round out this week's episode um, by taking a look back at our bold predictions that we set way back at the end of May, just after the schedule was released. Believe it or not, um, just a warning: there's plenty of what the Feagles is in there. Um, I think they're all pretty much a what the Feagles moment. Um, we're going to start off with uh, we had a guest on that episode. We had Andy from the uh, UK Giants on that episode. So we're going to start off with his prediction. I mean, we should have got him on to read his own hat and we could have laughed at him. But um, Andy um, went for uh, Saquon having a career-ending injury and Gary Brightwell leading the team in rushing. Um, They were very bold predictions and obviously neither of them came true. Um, Saquon did get injured, but so did Gary Brightwell. He had nine rushes all season. He only had 19 yards as well behind Eric Gray, Matt Breeder and Saquon Barkley. Um, yeah, that was a, a great start to the bold predictions. Um, we're going to Craig next. Craig, your bold prediction. Did you do both of Andy's there? Oh, no, I missed his other one, didn't I? He said that we'd have the number one defence in the league. Um, he said we'd have the number one ranked defence in the league. And we ended up twenty uh, seventh, nineteenth, <laughs> 19th, 19th in pass defense, and 29th against the run. So, I think you're a little bit far off there, Andy. The thing is, though, like we're laughing, <laughs> it's about to get a whole lot worse. <laughs> oh, it's it's I mean, it's really really is going to get bad. Um, you're not wrong. Do you know what? I feel like I'm a confession. I feel like we should have some like church music in the background or something. Just you know, just dim the lights a little bit. And sorry, Father, I have seen it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. So my first bold prediction was the the longest touchdown of the year would be scored by Darren Waller. Um, the longest offensive touchdown of the year was scored by Darius Slayton, which was 70 yards against the Rams. Defensively, it was Jason Pinnock's 102-yard pick-six against the Dolphins. And obviously on special teams, it was Gunner's punt return uh, also against the Rams. Uh, so um, I did well there. I didn't actually look at what Waller's longest completion of the season is. So if somebody wants to look that up while I go through my second one, that would be appreciated just so we can see how badly I did there. Um my second one was that the Giants sweep either the Cowboys. We are definitely not talking about what happened against the Cowboys because that did not go very well. Um, or the Eagles. Now, we split the series with the Eagles and I am holding on to the fact that I think we could have beaten the Eagles. 
the other uh, the other week at the link. So we absolutely um, could have. I'm I'm taking that as my better of the two bold predictions for sure. Um, and to, be, to be honest, we finished we finished three and three in division, which isn't isn't too too bad. I mean, it's <laughs> improved on last season. But also improved on last season. We did. I mean, to go three and three, we obviously swept the Commanders and we split with the Eagles. Um, and then you look at the Bills game, you look at the Jets game, a couple other games like. Like I don't want to be that guy, but we weren't too far off five hundred in the end. If uh, if things had gone away, but anyway, I digress. <laughs> go on, go on then, Dan. Wallace longest um, reception, longest reception of, the was, of the year was twenty nine yards. Brilliant. Yep, I've absolutely nailed that one. Beautiful. Who's <laughs> um, the next? Uh, do you want to, you, you know who it was against? Go on. It was, it was against the Saints in week uh, fifteen. Yeah, against the I think Saints. I remember that because um, it was the only good reception of the game. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, Shane, all right. Shane's up next. Well, <laughs> here we go. I, th- I think. So, I think this. I think this may top the lot, everybody. I think. I do think this might be the worst one of everyone. I think we're so keeping too early here, Coach. <laughs> I should have saved the best for last, shouldn't I? Really. <laughs> Do, do so, Kev. Let, let's 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 save Shane. Kev, save Shane then. for the Kev. end. <laughs> Kev, right. Your predictions. So I went for my offense. Offense is what I went. Uh, Eric Gray to have a good showing uh, in Saquon Barkley's absence. Didn't really see too much of him to be honest. Um, although I did think the last game, the, the touches he got against the Eagles there at the weekend, I thought he showed some burst and some like some some you know hustle and some some promise. Let's say, I really hope he sort of gets a bigger carry, a bigger load. This uh, this next season, uh, in season, right? Okay, I will caveat this, right? Just a little <laughs> bit, right? In the sense, this that, is pretty bad. So, so, so I had when we talked about, which we'll do in a couple of weeks' time, talk about free agents you'd like to see on the Giants, right? And we'll touch on players. Now, I had no soft spot for Paris Campbell, right? I just loved the speed and I loved them coming out of Ohio State, and I just thought he come off his best season at the Colts. And I just thought this could be a weapon. This could be something, you know. We, you know, he he's got he's got it. I think he's got it. He did not have it, right? <laughs> I, he had very he had less than it. If he could have the opposite of it, is what he had. Um, I had him down to post the most wide receiver yards and enough to earn another contract with the Giants. Now, Paris Campbell. Were you in Paris all year and not New York? I do wonder sometimes, right? Because he had 104 yards on 20 receptions. Now, this is first, uh, good against uh, Darius Slayton, who had 769 yards on 50 receptions. <laughs> yeah, so, so Campbell, you don't be dirty there, bro. <laughs> yeah, Steve, Steve, Wilk- Steve Wilkins has said if he, he had it, if it had <laughs> in front. Steve, man, I 100% back that statement. You're 100% oh, right, no. my friend. I did not so do it, too it, well here. Kevin, you're saying that he he hasn't done enough to earn another contract then? I think he did so badly. I don't think he's enough to earn another contract in the UFL, <laughs> let alone with the wasn't, Giants or the NFL. Wasn't he a healthy scratch for the last four games? Yes. Yes, he was. Thank you, Craig. Yes, he was. Yeah. So, sorry, Craig. Sorry. <laughs> so, so, you know, but I just thought, right, you know, I backed him in free agency and we went and got him and then uh, I backed him in the season and he did not, he did not help me out at all. So, on to defence then. 
And uh, I had in the offseason that rookie uh, Javarius Owens getting a good look and uh, starting box safety. He kind of was in and out. He was had niggle injuries in the preseason, um, so he didn't really sort of like get much looks to be honest. Um, and then the during the regular season again, he stopped stop and start coming in, coming out. You know, he didn't really see too much of him. Um, apparently, he has got a bit of promise, so we will shall wait and see how he turns out in season two. Um, but the regular season one. The regular season one. Okay, my defensive predictions for the regular season one, lads, was that new acquisition, Bobby Okereke, Bobby the legend Okereke, would come in, solidify that defense, and he would get 100 tackles and two interceptions. Some say that was bold. Some say you're crazy, Ken. How could he come in off the street as a free agent? and put up those type of numbers well we have a friends, winner bobby k mac k mcmanus's favorite player okay came i'm so glad i got the jersey nine came out with 105 tackles and two interceptions ding ding we have a winner shane can you do a thumbs up just so it appears on the screen for kev <laughs> <laughs> All right, I shall take that win because there's not many of them. Right, congrats, so Kev. That was, a very, that was a great prediction. Before Shane does his, Steve has said that he declared boldly on the way to Lisbon in May that we had comfortably hit double figures in wins. So he is owning up. Oh. Ouch. Shane, Holtier said, Did you say Giants to win the Super Bowl? I mean, we haven't had mine yet. Are we, are we doing mine? Or the, are we doing or mine the Giants to have. First? Oh yeah, that's true. I forgot. I forgot about yours, Dan. Go on, Dan. Go on. Let's do mine. All right. So I went with. Um, I was very excited about the rookie Jalen Hyatt coming in. Um, I went that he'd have a thousand yard season. Uh, the last Giants player to do that was Odell Beckham in 2018, and he's the last and only Giants rookie to do it in 2014. Um, didn't go. Quite according to plan, as Hyatt finished with 373 yards on 23 receptions. Yay. Um, and on, my second on one. That one Dan. So just on that one, on. I saw a stat earlier that said that every NFL team has had a 1,000 yard receiver since we last had one. Oh, wow. Every single well, team there has you had go. one. <laughs> what does that say about our? Offense over the last five years or so, mm. not great. Not great. Um, my second one was kind of a a simple one, um, but it didn't particularly go well either. I, I predicted that Dave's would repeat as coach of the year, and ouch. Well, he didn't. Obviously, <laughs> we struggled. We struggled in his in second year. Um, and there's not going to be a repeat for Dabes in the NFL honours this year. Um, all right, then over to Shane. Your prediction. This is going to be good. Prediction. Buckle in, lads. Buckle in, listeners. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for on this. <laughs> is this the moment where he disconnects again? Yeah. Uh, I think this, this, this is going to work. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, you've just gone really dark. The rain, the rain actually fits yeah. it, doesn't it? Yeah, the rain fits it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Christ. 
So let's start off worst to worstest. I don't know. Start drink, I think. Go from best yeah. to worst. There we go. Best to worst. Yeah, best to worst. And if this is the best, it fucking ain't gonna get much better. <laughs> so a little bit like Andy, I, I said that we would have a top five defense. Um, you know, twenty. We were twenty seventh per average yards allowed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can you quite believe you said it, Shane? I, 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 oh, right. I think I think you were on a bit of a high, weren't you? I don't know what the fuck I was on. I was Aaron Waller <laughs> would be a top three tight end. He ranked, he ranked 16th, middle of the pack, not quite top, top three. Yeah. I think he said Saif would be a top three running back as well. You've seen where the trend's going here. And he ranked 16th with 962 yards, sorry. And then this, what the fuck was I thinking for this? <laughs> <laughs> where did this come from? Have you made this up? <laughs> I do feel like this is made up, you know. I feel like someone's throwing it's this not, shit under the bus. It's not. Here. Have you got more than you got the one way right? right. <laughs> so, if anybody well, wants pretty- to go back and listen to Shane's bold prediction, um, it was uh, episode 95 on the 26th of May 2023. Um, so, if anyone wants to go back and listen to that bold prediction, feel free to go and give that episode a watch. I feel like I might need to get a lawyer involved because I think some, um, <laughs> so, something's been edited somewhere. Like you've just put <laughs> together, so it sounds like the same thing. So my, my, what, what? So my last prediction. Can you say it, Shane? No, <laughs> I I also need. Do you want me to say it for you? Reactions, reactions in the comments to this once do Shane want, drops. Do you want me to say it for you? No, well, sakes, I need to get it out. I feel like this might give me closure. Well, oh. DJ is a top seven QB. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Are we sure this is fact? <laughs> oh, my God. What the fuck was I smoking? <laughs> Everything. Where, where did he finish, Shane? <laughs> oh god I didn't even see that bit he finished 40 seconds <laughs> oh my word exactly Steve hey, hey. No, did, did, did you miss him like, was, there a, was there a number before the 7 like a top 47 QB you know, so. <laughs> oh god I got tears <laughs> Oh, I had to Lord. put myself on mute. I was laughing too hard. I feel physically sick. Do you know what? I will I will caveat it by saying, Shane, you didn't say what he would be a top seven QB in. There you go. Say I told you about this. A top seven QB in terms of number of times sacked. There we go. He probably, he probably got in there. There you go. <laughs> wow. That's brilliant. Well, we've all had our laugh for the evening. I can't wait for this year's predictions. <laughs> I'm making this, 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 this year's predictions, we need to go all out. Oh. I just did that. <laughs> <laughs> all in, look what happened. 
mean, this well, if it means I, something I, else I, in Yam Yam, you've had a howler. <laughs> so my, my prediction next year is going to be like Giants win a game. I'm <laughs> hoping, That's a bold prediction. Yeah. Well, you can see how good we are at bold yeah. predictions how, between the four of us in, and Andy. So five technically, uh, we got one out of those right. So uh, yeah, that was a little bit of entertainment, wasn't it? <laughs> oh my god! And um, we look forward to the end of May uh, with our bold predictions of this season. Um, stay tuned and make make sure you tune into that one when uh, whenever that happens, um, because there's going to be some interesting predictions coming your way um but well done to kev um you did predict bobby o getting 100 in 100 tackles and and um was it 100 tackles and two interceptions two interceptions um so yeah well done uh there is no prize um apart from getting to be smug that we were all way out with ours so enjoy your smugness i shall I <laughs> out. We're on another fucking solar system. <laughs> I mean, talk for yourself. <laughs> look, look, yeah, we're going to take the way. All the listeners, you guys, goes in a box, never to be spoken about again. <laughs> End of. Draw a line under it. We move on. Exactly. Um, and we move on to say, unfortunately, that is all we've got time for this evening and for this week. We will be back um, uh, next week, undecided on what day. I think it's Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, one of the two, uh, as we take a look back at the 2023 season as a whole. I mean, do we have to? Um, And we also reveal the nominations for the second annual Giants Awards show as voted for by you, the Big Big Blue UK and Ireland fans. So yeah, really looking forward to that next weekend, next week. Anything else to add before we go, guys? Just like, you know, obviously the season's ended, but um, in, in terms of kind of like content, it's probably coming up to the business side for me and Kev, potentially. Obviously, I know, um, I think Kev's been looking at draft players. I was watching tape before we, we come on air tonight, which Craig interrupted me on. So I'm going to have to re-watch that tape. Craig just needs Craig's in his own world there. He probably ain't got a clue. He's just heard his name mentioned and that's it. <laughs> uh, you know, like, uh, thank you to everyone who's sort of watched us throughout the season and, and contributed, whether it's been on comments or whether it's been on Twitter, Facebook, X, whatever it's called. Um, and, you know, but, you know, content doesn't stop. We, we will be bringing more. We will be coming up to the draft season. And, you know, hopefully you've enjoyed a little bit of a, a laugh uh, this episode with us as well with those ridiculous predictions. They weren't even bold. They were fucking stupid predictions. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Just just related to what uh, Shim was saying, there's going to be lots coming up in the off-season, lads. You know, the free agency starting in a couple of weeks, a matter of weeks, um, uh, post-Super Bowl, and then, um, you know, we've got the draft coming up, which is huge. Obviously, it's going to be huge. We're going to have top fives, rankings, players we like, players we don't like, uh, players that fit the scheme. You know, um, it's going to be so, so interesting. We're going to have some guests on as well, uh, some announcements for leading up into the season, you know, for meetups and stuff like that. So yeah, stick with this. It's going to be a really, really good off season. You know, as, uh, apart from last year, it feels like our element is the off season. You know, the uh, internal optimism leading into the new new year. Um, just want to say, like you know, this past week as well. I mean, I know position in the draft matters, but between fifth and sixth, to get that win and send that prick Seriani into the off season with his tail between his legs 
and they are wounded. Don't get don't 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 get this wrong. They are absolutely wounded going into this playoff run. And if we could do anything to get them an early exit, happy happy days. Shane's being roasted in the comments still. <laughs> Taking your draft list with the pictures <laughs> after that freezing cold take. Shane predicts us getting Caleb and Marvin Harrison Jr. for a second round. <laughs> Look, it's meant to be in a box now. <laughs> we moved on. At least at least we're giving people a laugh. Um, no, absolutely. I, I was Actually, Shane, when you said my name, I was checking Twitter to make sure that there was no... Uh, Breaking news just as we as we were going off, but no, um, it looks like Winks just boarded a flight back to. He's gone Saratoga. to Florida, hasn't he? Yeah, Florida for his his house. So probably won't hear about that for a few weeks. But um, yeah, any news we, we'll we'll bring back last preseason's news. So we'll round up the news every time we start, and then we get into the nitty gritty. There's loads to come. Um, there was a tweet sent out by one of our followers earlier today. Uh, expressing his interest for LPG license plate guy to come onto the podcast. LPG. Um, if there is anybody that you guys want to see on the podcast, obviously, please do tag us and them in, in it on a post on X if you really want to, or send us a DM or send us an email just letting us know who you'd like. Um, we're always up for any suggestions, but we will be working on some guests, hopefully some returning guests and some ho hopefully some new ones as well to uh, to walk us through the off-season, last season and what's to come, really. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a long eight months ahead. Um, it's a eight months that, you know, we, when it gets to this point of the season, it's like, oh, we've got a long eight months ahead. It's going gonna, it's gonna to drag. It's going to go really slowly. But before we know it, 2024 season will be around the corner and... Uh, you know, we'll be we'll be looking forward to the new season starting. So, hell of a lot to come over the next few months. Um, stick with us, stay with us, subscribe, like, share, rate us. You know, we 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 love all the interaction we get with you guys as well. So, keep it coming week in week out. Remember, we're going to be doing uh, just one episode a week, um, at least live anyway. We may have some bonus episodes with some guests coming throughout the off season as well, like Craig said. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to the next few months, obviously, in the lead up to the draft. So it's uh, Shane and Kev's time to be in their element and looking forward to to learning all about the uh, the top draft <coughs> prospects as we do every year. So, yeah, it's, uh, we roll on and uh, into 2024. Um, like I said, we appreciate all the love we get. Make sure you like, share and subscribe this video and all of our other videos as well. Like I said, if you want to go back and see Shane's... Um, predictions then it's uh, episode 96 back on the 26th of may 2023 feel free to go back and have a listen or have a watch and you'll see the man make those predictions for himself um my thanks as ever do go to shane to kev and to craig for joining me and to you the viewers and listeners for tuning in we are signing off until next time let's go giants <laughs>